Well, Sam, any other questions about this amazing Galapagos Island cruise that you wanted to ask? My only question is to you, Brian, when can we go? DCL Duo fans, before we dive into tonight's episode, we have a listener who sent in an email question and we wanted to answer it on the air. Love, love, love getting voicemails and emails to answer on the air. Love answering them on the air so that everyone can benefit from those answers. So uh, let's dive into this email. You've got mail. All right. This one comes from Stephen who writes, Hi, Brian and Sam. I am a relatively new listener to your podcast. We live in Orlando, very close to Magic Kingdom, and have been on two cruises, a five-night dream, a double dip, and a three-night wish. We are booked on the fantasy this March, and we are looking forward to the longer cruise. I have really been enjoying your podcast and appreciate your perspective on all things DCL. If there's anything in particular you think we should know before our Western on the fantasy, please let me know, or any specific episodes. I have been keeping up with new episodes and listening to some from the catalog. Keep up the great work, and thank you for all you do. So I did get some clarifying information from Stephen that they're on the seven-night Western Caribbean on the fantasy. So they're stopping in Cozumel, Grand Cayman, Falmouth, and Castaway. And we also wanted to know a little bit about the sailing party. There are four of them, including Stephen, his wife, a 16-year-old daughter, and their 15-year-old son. Stephen also mentioned they've booked Remy dinner for the first time and Palo Brunch for the first time. So let me just start by saying, Stephen, great choices on the dining. We love Remy dinner on the fantasy and Palo Brunch is always a fan favorite. I think what we'll do, this is a big topic, Stephen. There are some episodes that we've done in the past around Western Caribbean sailings. Although to be perfectly honest, the Western Caribbean sailings that Sam and I have done have not stopped in Grand Cayman or Falmouth. So we have not been on those sailings before. We have stopped in Cozumel. I'll say Cozumel, we did a beach break a couple of times, I think, or maybe just, I think we've done it twice now in Cozumel. Uh, And it's a fun excursion to do if you just want to go see beaches. If they have a ruins excursion, like a Mayan ruins excursion available, uh, and your kids are interested in it, uh, I thought that that was a lot of fun. It is a hefty drive, at least it was when we stopped in Costa Maya. Uh, It was a hefty drive out to see the ruins. But if you can see the ruins, that's about one of the only places on a cruise ship you'll be able to see them. So um, I would see if they have a a ruins excursion in Cozumel if your family's interested in that. As far as like must do things on the fantasy, uh, I'm just going to give you one because it's, uh, I think, a pretty significant difference between the fantasy and the other ships. And that is to check out Skyline Lounge. They have one on the Dream, but it's much smaller than the version that's on the fantasy. And I think the Skyline Lounge on the fantasy is just one of my favorite bar spots aboard Disney Cruise Line. It's just a lot of fun. So if you haven't experienced it before, I definitely call that one out. And perhaps one other suggestion is before your Remy dinner, I would head up and grab a drink in Meridian. Meridian is one of our favorite bars in the fleet. Uh, They have it on both the Dream and the Fantasy, uh, but we love that view of sitting on the back of the ship and looking back out the wake and having a cocktail before dinner at Remy. So highly, highly recommend that. Sam, what recommendations do you have? Okay, I'm going to give you a few things. In addition to what Brian said, in going to Skyline, I think you need to really check out all of Europa. There is really cool adult spaces there that you can that have fun nightlife. There's the Tube, which is sort of a club space. There is a pub. I'm, the name of the pub escapes me, but it's sort of a British style pub. There's also a carousel bar that's sort of Italian themed. Really, all of those spaces are pretty amazing. Another tip I'm going to give you is to go see Frozen in the Walt Disney Theater. I know you've been on The Dream, but The Dream does not have Frozen. The Dream has Beauty and the Beast as its sort of main stage 
um, iconic show. But Frozen is a fantastic Disney stage show that you can only see on the fantasy and the wonder, I believe. Another place that's a little bit different between the dream and the fantasy is the ice cream shop. While I will say that the vanilla bees themed ice cream shop on the dream is probably superior to the one on the fantasy, the fantasy does have sweet on you, which is super cute. It's Mickey and Minnie themed. And if you haven't tried this, this is something we actually haven't done, but you can actually go to Sweet On You or Vanellope's earlier in the day and order a dessert to be delivered to you in main dining for that evening. It's something that's a really fun experience. We've heard from a lot of guests and I would highly recommend that. All right, Stephen, there you have it. Some of our recommendations. I'm also going to recommend that you, uh, well, join your Facebook group for your cruise if you haven't already to get a sense of some of the port adventures that are out there for Grand Cayman and Falmouth. Uh, I think that's a great place to get some uh, some ideas. Or you can head over to our Facebook group. Uh, we're the DCL Duo Vlog and Podcast Facebook group and post in there. And I'm sure a lot of people would love to help you out with their recommendations on some other shore excursions and things to do. But hope that's helpful. Thanks for listening. And now on to our show. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, we're headed to the Galapagos again. I'm excited. I know. I love it. I'm really excited to talk Galapagos again. That was such a fun episode we recently did with um, Sam and Chris talking about their ABD to the Galapagos. But I'm also really excited because we have a really fun guest back, and I'm super, super crossing my fingers, hoping that this trip was better than the last one that we talked to her about. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about, we are welcoming Jen back to the show. And the last time we had Jen on was to talk about an ABD trip to Egypt that was a, I'm going to call it a comedy of errors, but it was not a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome back, Jen. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this one uh, was a lot more (laughs) illness-free. Good. And for our listeners out there, uh, we're going to be talking about a Galapagos Island cruise with Celebrity today. So if you want to hop back in our catalog a few episodes to number 265, you can hear from Chris and Sam about what the experience was like with Adventures by Disney aboard the cruise line uh, company that they contract with for the Galapagos. But you can hop back to episode 265, take a listen there, and then you can hear uh, the compare and contrast with Jen's experience on Celebrity Cruise Line. Also wanted to say, if you want to hear more about Jen's adventures with Adventures by Disney or ABD, you can head back to episode 191, where we talk about her interesting uh, trip to <laughs> Egypt, to say the least. And, and Jen, you've been on before. You, you've been on several other shows, but th- that was the most recent one we had with. So before we hop into your celebrity cruise and the Galapagos, you want to remind folks about your experience with Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line Celebrity Cruises. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've done um, kind of a variety of all of them. We've done a, a couple of the ABDs, including um, a Christmas markets cruise on the Danube, which we loved. And we've done a couple of land adventures with them with uh, Italy and then the England, France one. And then most recently, Egypt, which we did have some <laughs> illness problems. And actually, hilariously, my parents both got sick on this ship. But, oh. just, you know, like day or two things, you know. The oh, cold. my goodness, That's Jen. You can't catch a break. Uh, well, you know, I'm healthy. You know, at least your folks travel with a doctor, yeah. <laughs> meaning you. <laughs> my dad's a doctor, too. So it's, oh, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're fine. But, um, but then, yeah. And then we've done some uh, Disney Cruise Line, which my kids really love. We, I sort of dragged my daughter on the first one, but she really fell in love with it. So that's been great, despite her, her motion sickness propensity. 
Yeah, ABD, when I was looking to take, I went to the Galapagos a few years ago with my kids. And so my, it had always been sort of a bucket list cruise for my mom. So when I was looking to take my folks and my brother, I looked at ABD, they, they use, I think the National Geographic ship. Mm -hmm. And then I, I looked at the one I did last time, which was Echo Ventura, but we'd had a good experience on Celebrity. We'd been there to Greece, um, I think in 2021, you know, kind of right post pandemic. They have a really pretty new ship that probably the newest large largest ship in the Galapagos that's allowed there. The Flora was built in 2019. They have a few ships that go, but that one, I thought, I'm going to go back. I'm going to take my folks, you know, as a, a kind of a, a gift to them. You know, I figured it a really rare chance to cruise with my parents, and my brother, because we hadn't all been on vacation since he and I were kids together. So um, I wanted to do the newest ship I could find. And I guess, spoiler alert, it was it was wonderful. I mean, it was a beautiful ship and Celebrity really did a really good job. You know, I remember because I think we've mentioned a few times of the show, we've sailed Celebrity ages and ages and ages. We have not been on one of their ships at all recently. But I remember when we were sailing Celebrity, they had a ship, I feel like, that used to go to the Galapagos and do some of this stuff that was called like the Paul Gauguin or something. And they were like, you know, mm-hmm. one of the first, I feel like, mainstream cruise lines. Yeah, they've been doing it for a while, I feel like. Yeah, so, I think yeah. So. What what piqued your interest? You 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 had been to the Galapagos prior, mm-hmm. and so what piqued your interest to go back? Well, like I said, it was sort of um, a bucket list thing for my my mom, particularly. I when I went, we kind of went honestly because it was one of the few things that was open at the time. It was <laughs> sort of um, the twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one New Year's where Ecuador had reopened, but kind of nothing else had. <laughs> And it was like, I mean, not that I didn't want to go, I did, but I mean, it's just, it's one of the most amazing places. I think if you love animals and nature and science, getting up close to the animals. And when I went that time, we, well, we weren't allowed to go anywhere with uh, any island that had any people whatsoever because of the COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. And we did some of the outlying islands in the north, so uh, like Fernandina. So this time, I purposefully picked um, the celebrity itinerary that hit the islands I hadn't been to in the south. So it was Española and Floriana. And then um, it repeated maybe one or two stops because usually they stop at two or three places each day. So for me, it was getting to see... Um, you know, parts of the archipelago I hadn't seen before. Because there are some animals that are only on one island, you know, you know to be a completist, I guess. <laughs> Not <Yeah. that. laughs> never see everything there, but... T- talk to us uh, about celebrity and their cruise the Galapagos a little bit in terms of when you're booking... You know, what are your options for staterooms? How big is the the ship? Did they have a lot of itineraries to choose from? How long were they? That sort of thing. So yeah, what, as you booked this cruise, what were some of the choices that you got to make here? Well, so you can choose the ship. I picked the Flora, which like I said, is their, their brand kind of brand new ship, really, because it didn't cruise much, obviously, during COVID. And it, at least, you know, it's going to be a little more expensive than their older ships. And then it has basically two itineraries. I think they call it an outer loop and an inner loop. Although outer is a little misleading because, like I said, it doesn't really go to the outer north islands. Um, it goes to the southern outer islands. And then some that are a little more central, like Isabella and Santa Cruz. So I picked the itinerary itinerary because it went to those islands. And then I wanted it, luckily, it corresponded with Thanksgiving break, which um, was when I could get a week off. And, uh, you know, my folks are retired, so they're a little more flexible. And then my brother's a teacher. So we needed, um, like I said, the Thanksgiving break would work with his school. Staterooms, I actually think their staterooms are all pretty equivalent, unless you're going to get like a, one of the few suites, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very nice. I mean, very spacious. Uh, my parents had, you know, kind of the, 
I don't know what you call it, maybe the two twin beds and they slide them together for, you know, a queen or a king size. My brother and I bunked together and we just had the two twin beds. So that worked well. It had a, they, all the staterooms had a really nice balcony, which I, I didn't have a balcony on the Echo Ventura boat because it was a lot smaller. And the boat can hold, I think, up to a hundred. And we were pretty full being Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. I think they said we were 90 or just shy of 90. So pretty full. So were your kids pissed when you were planning this trip and like, how come, how come we don't get to go to the Galapagos again? They were okay because <laughs> in their mind, well, we've been there, you know? Um, and also I would say the Echo Ventura boat, my daughter has since discovered the scopolamine patch, which actually I think is going to revolutionize our travel. She did mm-hmm. it on her last three night Disney cruise and it worked great for her, but she gets very motion sick and the small Echo Ventura boat was before we had the patch and um ah. and she definitely struggled i mean she was having to take dramamine and the seas you're always on a smaller boat there just cuz they limit the size and it's the open ocean but i have to say the flora i mean it was really pretty smooth i don't know if it's just the newer boat or we got lucky with the time of year but i know some sometimes uh, cruising there can be can be tough because you'll get quite a bit of motion so um but yeah my kids are okay their dad took them to new york let's see their <laughs> so <laughs> fair, fair enough they got they got a fun trip out of yeah, uh, out of, out of that time that's my one concern with the Galapagos and some of these yeah. other kind of small ships that are non non river cruising because river cruising is is yeah, be, very yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but these other smaller ships really do concern me because I like your daughter get motion mm-hmm. sick uh, but I tend to be for the most part I am okay on cruise ships there are yeah. there are exceptions to that but I seem to do fine with one I take one non drowsy Dramamine each night. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you are on some of the smaller pangas, because everything's basically a tender, you know, right. on these little pangas. And if you're going to deep water snorkel, you're doing it from a panga. So, so luckily with the non-drowsy Dramamine, I just, like I said, commit to doing one each night and I'm, I've been fine. So, or I think my mom does the, the patch and does well with that. So. All right. I'm going to have to try the patch at some point, I'm thinking. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, we thought nothing was going to work for Violet. A whole patch was a little too much for her. She lost her near vision for a little while. But oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. We, cut, we finally figured out if we cut it about two Cut third. it? Oh, okay. Yeah. She's, oh, she's adult size, but we're, we're, we're a small people. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so about two thirds was perfect. I mean, we even got, we got stranded by Southwest over the holidays and we had to do a 20 hour car drive and she did uh, oh, yeah. 20 hours in the backseat with a patch and did great. So that, oh, wow. that, that tells you something about the patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That long of a car drive is, it can be rough if you're in the backseat, especially. Well, let's talk about this sailing in particular. And so, how long was it? Where did it leave from? And yeah, how many different stops did you make along the way? Sure. Um, they're pretty standard, about seven nights usually for most of the cruise lines. So this one, like mm, at least for Celebrity, we actually tacked on the like, two, I think it's two days before in Quito and kind of did their their package, which I'm not sure that was necessary, but it was very convenient. So all we had to do was get ourselves to Quito in Ecuador. We did like one day, we flew in, and then the next day we did uh, like one day of kind of touring around Quito with Celebrity. And then the day after we departed from Quito to Baltra, and what's nice about Celebrity is they actually charter a flight. I think it was just Avianca or Latum or one of the 
typical um, Latin American airlines, but they chartered the plane for our group. So, you know, we didn't even have a full plane. You know, they handled everything. They, you know, bust us to the airport. They give you your ticket. They, it's it's very seamless. I was really impressed because last time we, when we did Echo Ventura, I mean, they did a very nice job on the cruise, but, um, you know, we had to fly into Quito and then we had to go back to the airport after a couple of days and fly ourselves to San Cristobal. Celebrity left out of Baltra, which is sort of the other major port in the Galapagos, because you'll pretty much either fly into San Cristobal or Baltra, depending on your cruise line. And you said it was about uh, 100 people. Is that right? Uh, yeah, but we had about 90 on our boat. I think it can hold up to 100 if they're full. How did you find the sort of the pre, I'll call it the pre-cruise touring, right? Because it's a yeah. little bit, you know, it's probably similar ABD offers stuff like that as well. I think they did a, a nice job. They saw a lot of comparable sites uh, in the morning. And then one thing they did do is we had a, actually a really, really very good lunch at a what I think was an old monastery. And it had all these <laughs> pictures of saints being stabbed. It was very implement <laughs> around them. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but the food was excellent. And then in the afternoon, they bust people out to see the uh, monument at the actual uh, equator line. I'd already been there and my mm -hmm. parents were kind of a little tired. So my mom actually went back to the hotel and my dad and I are on our own went to, um, there is an artist, probably Ecuador's best known artist named Guayasamin. And, um, I wanted to go to his museum last time, but it was closed for COVID. So this time we went, my dad and I just took a taxi and it, it was amazing. I mean, um, if anybody's in Quito, you can go see his home and his studio and they kind of give you a you know 15 minute little tour that's included. And then right next door is an incredible uh, museum he built after sort of recollecting all his many, many works before mm -hmm. he, he died. And it's called the Chapel of Man. And it's it's like a gorgeous kind of modern art space um, that houses a lot of his art. I mean, it was really fabulous, even much better than I anticipated. So you can check out his art online. And if it appeals to you, um, it's I mean, it's well worth a visit. And, you know, you can do the whole thing in maybe a couple hours um, awesome. at, at the long side. So, yeah, it was great. And so we did that. And then the they took us all out by bus again for a dinner, which which was nice. I mean, it didn't compare to the the weird stabby Saint lunch, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was very nice. And then the next day, they um, like I said, they put you all on a charter plane into Baltra or yeah, Baltra, and then to fly home, they um, charter you from Baltra back to Quito. And then flights from Ecuador often leave at really bizarre times. So depending on your situation, I mean, they really handled everything very well. They either took people to the airport. If people had a flight that didn't leave for a day or two, they took them back to the Marriott in Quito, which was where we stayed beforehand. Or for us, we had an early morning flight the next day. So they just put us up at a, a very nice hotel right next to the airport. So we didn't have to make the, you know, 30 oh. minute drive to Quito. So and they, you know, arranged all that on their own without you oh, that's bothering really nice. to ask them or point it out. Yeah, that's really nice. Okay, so you get to St. Cristobal. And how do you guys get to, I'm going to call it the port, but, you know, you're the boat. <laughs> yeah, for us, um, this one was Celebrities Baltra. And they, it was like maybe a five-minute shuttle ride from the airport to the uh, dock. And then they panga you out, basically, in groups to the flora. So it was, it was, it was pretty quick, you know, and they handle all the luggage, obviously, you know, my parents are obviously in their seventies. So, you know, that was nice. You know, you really, once you give them your luggage in keto, you really don't see it again until you get on the ship. 
Oh, nice. Now, the pangas, how big are they? I don't know. I'm trying to think of a way to... Uh, they hold about 10 people. Okay. They look almost like inflatable rafts, kind of, but they have an engine, you know, a motor, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you have to, in the Galapagos, you have to have a kind of certified Ecuadorian naturalist, you know, supervising you at all times on the island, which is probably wise. So, for example, we probably had about nine or 10 because they had about one for every 10 people. So Mm -hmm. it was good. And so when you tour, you tour in small groups like that. How hard is it? This is going to sound weird. I'm asking this question because, you know, we've talked to some other folks about the Galapagos, but how hard is it to get in and out of those pangas, like to get onto the flora or onto Mm -hmm. land from a, from a panga and, you know, your folks are a little bit older. Yeah. Did they have an easy enough time doing that? Yeah. I mean, to get on and off the flora, um, obviously they, they, they make it very as safe as they can. You know, they obviously tell you, you need to be mindful of if the panga's bobbing, they always have a couple people there, you know, they talk about, you should always grab an arm, whoever's helping to get you on and off, you know, don't think you can (laughs) do it. I would say, I mean, it would be, we had some, uh, a couple of people who quite elderly, I'm thinking 80s or up, but, you know, it, you could tell like they couldn't do very much as far as touring the islands because mm-hmm. it is um, it can be physically challenging. And, and my parents, there were maybe one or two things they set out because of that reason. But I think these this this particular guy I'm thinking of, you know, he was there with his extended family. So he obviously he seemed to be enjoying the ship. And, you know, I'm sure I would imagine he was aware of that going in. But, yeah, it's. Not all, but some of the islands, uh, the terrain is definitely physically demanding. So it, just because of, of rockiness or uh, the rocks might be slippery depending on the tide. Um, I mean, they were very good about warning us the day before. They would talk about each island that we were going to the next day and say, and often they would have some choices. You know, you can do this shorter, easier walk. You can do this longer, more challenging walk. They would also say, you know, this is an island where the terrain is going to be really tough and mm-hmm. be mindful of that. And then, you know, for instance, my mom might have set that one out. And- I'm curious, speaking of sort of difficult terrain and, and hiking and those sorts of activities that you might be doing in, in, in a trip like this, what kinds of equipment, if any, did they sort of tell you to bring with you and or what what did they provide that you mm-hmm. could sort of borrow from the ship so you didn't have to slap all they the way had hiking the poles, which um, I know my parents took advantage of. They had binoculars. They had uh, little backpacks that they gave everybody with a water bottle in it. So I would say those were the those were all provided. Uh, the only thing I really brought was hiking boots. I mean, mm-hmm. I had my boots, which I don't use a lot, but I've used a few times. The last time I was in Galapagos, and I've used them at Yellowstone. And so, uh, you know, I was glad I had those. But there were plenty of people that just did things in sneakers, too. So I think November, December is a nice time to go because it's not that hot. People that go in the spring or... Um, Maybe at the summer too, it's hotter and rainier. Mm-hmm. I think if I remember, especially in the spring, maybe. And I think that that would be tough. I don't know. I mean, because it, it would got warm even in the, the winter. Mm-hmm. It's the Southern Hemisphere. So yeah, I don't know. But we were, I know we were there at a slightly cooler, drier time. And uh, I think the water is always cold there. So you might yeah. as well go when the land is not so cold. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm curious, your parents, were they fairly active before you did this cruise? Uh, yeah, they're more active than the other set of grandparents. That's definitely true. So they hike, you know, they do a, a fair number of outdoor activities like yard, yard work and gardening and stuff. So, so yeah, I would say they're fairly active. Speaking of that, what's sort of the demographic then of this this group that you're with? Do they allow kids on this trip? Yeah, they do. Um, I think there was only one, to be honest, that was um, my kid's age. There was maybe, a, I think, a 12-year-old girl. And I think she was in heaven because obviously a lot of attention got paid to her by the crew and whatnot. <laughs> so she seemed to be having a great time. She was with her extended family. I talked to her parents for a while. And then there were there were quite a few um, younger couples, I think. Um, and then you saw lots of middle aged couples and families, um, some adult children, maybe in their twenties, you know, in extended families. And then you saw some older couples who I'm sure were retired. And uh, so it was actually a pretty good mix of people, but but not very many kids. Do you know if they had any age limit, meaning any any minimum age? I want to say they did, maybe eight or something. Okay. I think. I don't know if it was recommended or if it was a hard limit, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure at least recommended it was eight or so. So Jen, talk to us about the the kinds of things that you got to do. Port stops is the wrong word, but the various stops mm-hmm. you made along the way in the Galapagos. What were some of the big highlights of things you got to do on the islands? Yeah, I think, um, like I said, they'll tend to stop usually two places each day, morning and afternoon. And then occasionally there'd be a, a third or fourth activity Um each day, there was an opportunity to hike slash walk, at least at one of the stops, if not two. And then often, several of the days, you could snorkel, which I snorkeled as a kid a few times, never loved it, and then hadn't done it in years until I did it in Hawaii a couple times in the last maybe five or so years. And then last time in the Galapagos, I did it. And it's cold, but um, I have to say, I mean, it's just like nothing else on earth, I think. I mean, you're just swimming with you know tons of sea lions and sea turtles, and they're not afraid of people, so they're swimming around you. The sea lions are playing with you often, um, and then you're no seeing way. creatures. Yeah, you're seeing creatures that you would never see anywhere else on Earth, like these marine iguanas that are swimming under the water, or the the flightless cormorants, which is a bird that has basically atrophied wings because it doesn't fly anymore. It just swims under the water and and um, eats. I think the algae, just like the marine iguana. So, I mean, it's just really fascinating. And then I have to say, having done now. I mean, Echo Ventura did a fine job, but I, I remember like struggling there to try to find a wetsuit that fit me and this and that. I mean, Celebrity, it was really down. It was a finely tuned machine. They, the first day, those that wanted to snorkel on the trip, they would just like look at you and be like, here's your wetsuit. I mean, <laughs> I didn't it was going to fit you because I'm sure they do it so much. And oh then you, you try on a flipper to make sure you had your flipper and you grab a snorkel, you know, with the mass. I was like, you sure I'm not going to need another size? They're like, nope, this is going to be good. And they're right. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd keep all your gear in a bag with, and you'd know your number of your bag and you'd hang it up each day. So you had it whenever you wanted to go. So, so that was great. I mean, the snorkeling is amazing. That's so cool. So you had your own designated, like this is yep. Jen's yeah. designated. So you had it for the, the trip. So you, yeah. it was very easy. And you know, you'd get back from if the snorkeling was cold, you know, it's cold, but then you'd get back and they'd have like a hot towel and often, you know, hot chocolate or a, you know, an alcoholic drink or something, and then, <laughs> um, which was great. And then they also had a sea kayak, kayaking, which was fun. I did that one day with my dad. So yeah, so it was a good mix of activities. 
So it was great for me because you're active. So I never felt like, you know, I needed to exercise or anything, but I wasn't exhausted either. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. busy. Yeah. You're yeah. busy. I like you can busy. be busy. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously there were people who sat out, you know, half days or, or whole days even, but. I feel like Chris and Sam are probably yelling at the radio right now to know whether you got to see any blue-footed boobies or not. <laughs> <laughs> blue-footed boobie is somewhat ubiquitous. Uh, it was funny because it's it's funny you brought that up because I have, I have to say, very little interest in birds as a, a uh, animal category in my life. <laughs> I will say I've never loved birds so much as when I went, because uh, last time I was up in, I think it was Fernandina, which is this Northern Island where it's, you feel like you're walking on the moon. I mean, it's this bizarre, otherworldly terrain with these, you know, I think they're called Palo Santo trees, but they are these skeletonized looking trees. And there's just boobies everywhere, like the red and the blue ones sitting there just, oh. you know, a few feet from you just doing their thing. I'm like imagining like something out of Jurassic Park. I have to tell you like the way that you're, yeah, the way that you've described it, especially the, the even the, the snorkeling, especially I would say yeah. with like these iguanas and birds like swimming. Yeah, I'm it's like fascinating. Yeah. I mean, the red footed booby was not on this trip. Luckily, I saw him last time, but the blues are pretty much everywhere. And then the one thing we got to see this time, which I didn't last time, because they're literally only on one island, which I believe is um, Española, is the waved albatross, which is a huge bird. They're only on that one island. And um, luckily, we got to see them, you know, walking around and flying, but also... um, they have this, they mate for life and they do this dance where they're, you know, moving their heads rhythmically oh. with each other and making noises. And I mean, it's, it's just hilarious to watch. I mean, it, it's just, like I said, it's really fascinating. So, so I was excited so because cool. I was, that was sort of the, the one animal uh, I didn't see at all last time because like I said, they're only on the one island. So. Well, I am imagining seeing all of these cool flora and fauna as you're on yes. the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, even some of the little birds, I, I was, I sort of had a game of finding the, there's this little yellow warbler, which is small, but it's very bright yellow and it's very cute. And I would just kept seeing it and it would, you know, sit on a sea lion's head or something. And I <laughs> have an absurd number of pictures of this bird. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> this is my little dumb iPhone, you know, cause I don't have a DSLR or whatever. <laughs> Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode how's the weather 
for the cruise? Uh, we had very good weather. I mean, I think it was a great time of year. Um, I had good weather both at about New Year's last time I went, and this time was Thanksgiving, and it was it was really nice. And Quito was much nicer this time. Last time it was sort of fogged in, so uh, it was a little harder to to see around. But we we got pretty lucky. We really didn't have any rain or anything. So. So I know you said the trip is a seven day itinerary, right? So, mm-hmm. but how long all in? Because you've got, you know, a travel day, obviously, like on, e- well, more than one travel day on each yeah. end. If you're sort of talking about getting, because you got to get from Keto. Yeah, I think it was about 10. I mean, the flights are just really bizarre. So you just have to yeah. really look to try to find a flight that works because. You know, a lot of them leave like in the middle of the night or I mean, it's just that's that's sort of the tricky part. So, well, I think well, well worth it, though, it sounds like. Yeah, I feel like we've got to talk about the amenities, you know, Mm -hmm. of the ship and obviously the service on the ship, um, because that's, you know, somewhere where we can, you know, give a little bit of a sort of compare and contrast for our listeners um, if they heard us obviously talking to Chris and Sam and now hear you talking about Celebrity. I'm curious what what all kinds of amenities are on the ship. I want to be clear to, for our audience: these are not cruise ships; these are much much smaller, yeah, so they're yeah. not going to have the extent of amenities that you have on a cruise ship. But what kinds of things do you have on the ship? Yeah, I mean, I think you know the biggest amenity is just the presence of the naturalists. I mean, they talk each they do a talk each night. They also um, had sort of an, a big. Um, I guess, central kind of gathering area with nice seating and a bar. And that's where they did their talks. Mm -hmm. And they um, would also show like a movie there often each night, which was kind of fun. I did that a couple of nights because they showed like the Galapagos Affair, which is a famous movie about one of the (laughs) islands we went to about this strange, bizarre series of murders that happened there. (laughs) (laughs) But they had like a hot tub. Uh, They had a little spa, actually. I got a massage one day, uh, as did my mom, which was really nice. They had, which, um, you know, I wasn't expecting them to have that. I mean, it was small, but it was quite nice. They had a little gym. They had their sort of one central restaurant. And then they have, I would say, um, like a casual restaurant up on the roof that Mm -hmm. you could always go if you wanted just kind of, you know, burgers and more of a... kind of fast, casual food, I guess it would be. And then they had a little laboratory actually, which was really fun because I went in there one day and they were looking at the different, there's different, because they're volcanic islands, different sands around the different, like there's a red beach and a green beach and a black beach and a white beach. So you could go look at the sand under the microscope, which was, which was kind of cool. Yeah. And a little library kind of area to sit and read if you wanted. What all is, I guess, included versus extra when you're doing something like this? Yeah, it's pretty all inclusive. I mean, the excursions obviously are all included and then food and alcohol were all included, even mixed drinks. I, we're not, I wouldn't say big drinkers. I would have like a glass of wine with dinner or an occasional glass of champagne or something. And, and for the most part, you know, you definitely saw a few of the 20 somethings, which probably made good use of the bar. <laughs> I think that'd be hard to do if you want to be pretty active during the day. But right. um, but yeah, and then uh, food, they, they had a very nice, quite nice buffet each day at breakfast and lunch, and then a, a sit down kind of typical three course dinner in the evenings. And the food was excellent. It was very, very good. So uh, which celebrity generally has very good food, but uh, this was, I think, even better than what we had in uh, Greece on the edge. So Oh, yeah, it was excellent. I mean, supposedly it's all, you know, has to be locally sourced from the islands and from Ecuador. 
uh, just by their rules, but it was it was very good. So I imagine that the food, you know, just by sheer number of people is likely to yes, be it's easier. Yeah, yeah, the, the higher quality. Yeah. yeah. For sure. What what are some of the kinds of dishes that they have? Like what 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 should people expect in terms of what they're eating? Yeah, I, mean, I think it was they always had you know a fish or a steak, which was always very good. One night they had um, lobster tails, which it was interesting because they varied in size. You could tell you know they were clearly just they were actually you know probably caught locally, and my dad's was enormous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he and I, neither of us could even finish it. It was so big. It was pretty funny. So, and then lunch, they did like a different theme each day. So one day they had, you know, kind of Ecuadorian food. One day they did sort of an Italian buffet. One day they had a different type of um, kind of, I think they called it Aztec cuisines. So that was fun. And then, I mean, the breakfast and lunch buffets were really extravagant. I mean, it was probably for that size ship, the, I mean, really a tremendous amount of uh, variety. And uh, although I will say I did speak with somebody who was um, either vegetarian or vegan and, and she felt like there wasn't enough in, you know, for her at, for those restrictions. So, yeah. I mean, we, we didn't really have that. I mean, it, it looked to me like there was quite a few vegetarian options, but um, yeah. So, I mean, but I don't have those restrictions. So I guess I, maybe I didn't pay enough attention to notice that. Yeah. Well, I think sort of the the smaller the type of travel, you know, the more difficult any kind of food restriction is going to be because yeah, you sure. know, they ha- they're really catering to the larger group and it's harder to cater to, you know, every type of food yeah. limitation. On a, on a big cruise ship, it's much, much easier. For yeah, I think it's one of those things where they probably had one vegetarian entree each night, just yeah, which is an issue sometimes with Disney Cruise Line too, right? And it right. becomes sort of repetitive properly. You mentioned the naturalists. Obviously, the destination is the star of the show here, but I'm curious, what other kinds of things could you get up to on board? Uh, on board, I mean, I often you're, you're pretty busy, uh, well, depending on how, I mean, I did everything I could do mm-hmm. <laughs> excursion wise. So, you know, usually you'd have breakfast and you'd sort of go back and get geared up. However, you know, your water bottle flailed and your, your hiking boots and stuff. And then you would do the morning excursion. You know, one day I think I did two hikes and two snorkels. So that was a super full oh, day, wow. but often. Often you would just do like the morning excursion, you know, and by the time you got back, it was, um, you know, pretty much time to kind of get ready for lunch. And then, um, you'd, you know, you maybe have a little break and I would, you know, read or relax a little bit, edit my photos. <laughs> so I wouldn't have so many <laughs> when I got back. I can't imagine anybody actually using the gym that you mentioned <laughs> on this. I can't imagine either, but I'm sure there were some. (laughs) And then I think when you got back from the afternoon one, you know, you would often there'd be a drink there and you could relax a little bit. And then they would typically do the talk for the next day Mm -hmm. before dinner. So um, which was kind of nice because then you could go into dinner kind of talking with your travel group about what you kind of wanted to do the next day. So So the naturalist talks, obviously, they're talking about what animals and what plants and things like that you're going to see for the next day? Is that typically how it works? Yeah, typically. They they did some separate talks too. You know, um, they did one about, uh, you know, the Darwin's history and they did one um, that was specifically about, I think, the, the ocean life and then one that was geared towards, you know, the birds and that sort of thing. And then I think the last day they had um, like a trivia contest, you know, for see who'd been paying attention, and then, uh, which I did not win, but crossword, which wow. I sat there and I did that thing all through dinner with my mom. And we won. 
Oh, <laughs> nice. So uh, that was so pretty You were a good student is what yes. you're saying. <laughs> well, I redeemed myself because I wanted to. <laughs> Trivia, no. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'd love to know what your what your favorite um, animal that you got mm. to see on this trip was and what your favorite activity was. Uh, that's hard. Um, I think activity, I mean, uh, the snorkeling is hard to beat um, yeah. just because despite it being cold and you're um, sometimes tired, every time I was out there, and it, I think it was echoed by most people, it always seemed too short, right? Which is mm-hmm. the sign that it's great because... You know, we were always like, oh, we had to come back in. Yeah. I can't imagine playing playing with sea lions and swimming with sea turtles like like right up in your face. They would just be everywhere. So that's I mean, that was pretty amazing. The last day we actually finally went to um, Santa Cruz, which is one of the populated islands. And we went to the Charles Darwin Research Station and you see the the baby turtles that they're mm. tortoises rather, sorry, because of the land oh. ones. And so they're, you know, hatching and, and, and letting them grow to a, a, you know, a size where they can then kind of repopulate them to the island. So, so that was fun. And then as part of that, you also drive out a little ways and you plant a tree in the forest that has your identifying tag on it. Um, oh. And as part of that, that tree is actually the habitat for this little bird since uh, this was like my bird trip called the <laughs> vermilion flycatcher and it's it's very uh, large part of the bird is bright red and they were almost extinct because their population their habitat was uh, almost uh, decimated and then you know they said well you're planting the tree and maybe you'll if you get lucky you'll see one because they're quite small mm-hmm. and you know almost as if they released them <laughs> while you're planting the tree we had one or two you know fly around us and uh, so that was really exciting so oh, that's so cool we have too many trips like that we want to take we, we oh i know i mean yeah. rarely do i want to go back somewhere because you know you just hate to that says us who go on constant Disney cruises, but, right. um, but this, yeah, this is one place where I, like I said, i feel like I could go back many times, you know, it's just an amazing place. If you're going to go, it's uh, that one, it's, it's a new one. It's definitely pricey, but you're going to save up for it and go to the Galapagos. I, it's, it's hard to beat. Let me ask this, Jen, what's the demographic like on board? Who would you recommend sales celebrity versus taken adventures by Disney. You didn't have your kids with you this time. Would you have taken them with you on this? I would have. I actually think they would have loved it. It would have been a a better experience for them just because the larger size of the ship and not that the food, I mean, the food was excellent on Echo Ventura and and ours was strange in that it was basically us and like one couple (laughs) because, (laughs) I mean, it was, it only held maybe 30, 40 people anyway, but it was just, there was nobody there. So in a way, it was great because we got a lot of attention, but it was also kind of strange because it was kind of a ghost ship. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't hesitate to take my kids, but they, they, the food is a big part of it for them. And, you know, the newness of the ship, I think they would have liked all of that. Um, that being said, if your kids are more like kids club people and want to hang out with other kids, then, you know, maybe having the adventures by Disney, because I'm sure they probably have some kid oriented activities would be good. But honestly, you're, you're so busy in the Galapagos with excursions. Um, but you have to have the right kind of kids, right. That want to mm-hmm. walk around and, uh, have the patience for it. Um, right. Or, or we'll snorkel or kayak. Yeah. Yeah. This was, yeah. um, I would say the good thing about Echo Ventura, cause we were such a small group is they could really cater to the attention span mm-hmm. of 
the younger kids versus this. I mean, the excursions are more, the itinerary is kind of more set because they've got to deal with multiple groups of, you know, 10 people. Yeah. And I guess the last question I have from a comparison standpoint, level of service as between Adventures by Disney and Celebrity, comparable, the same, better, one one or the other? Yeah. I mean, I think they're very comparable. We, I guess the only thing I can compare it to is like um, the river cruise because that's, I guess, the most similar because the land trips are a very different animal, so to speak. On the river cruise, I would say our experience with the Alma Waterway staff was excellent as it was with the celebrity ship. You know, the adventure guides are always great. Um, you know, you get to know them very well. But that being said, all the naturalists were were very good. I can only speak highly of celebrity. I mean, it was it was very seamlessly run and very, uh, you know, it was a, a finely tuned machine. So, well, Sam, any other questions about this amazing Galapagos Island cruise that you wanted to ask? My only question is to you, Brian, when can we go? <laughs> <laughs> It's much like our podcast and releasing episodes. It's sometimes several, well, for this point purpose, years in the future. But we we should go. We yeah. have to wait until Nathan, I think, is out of school. I think that's the answer. Early teen is probably optimal. Um, yeah. Depending on your kid. I mean, my, my kids were a little young when we went, I think. Yeah. I think Nathan is a little young for something this adventurous. Like... Mm-hmm. And that's not not just because of his age, but just his sort of personality. Oh, yes. And so, yeah, I I think, you know, I I think as he matures, he will hopefully be a little bit more adventurous. And I think we'll be able to do stuff like this. He's still working on his swimming. Um, He is a, a swimmer now, but he... We, he is swimming in, you know, swimming pool uh, with an instructor and and that sort of a thing. And I think as he gets more comfortable and is willing to do different things, I think I, I hope that snorkeling becomes a part of his. Yeah, life. my son has not tried snorkeling yet. I, I hope to teach him. So yeah, we're we're not there yet. My daughter actually has has done it several times and enjoys it. It's just with the motion sickness, it's kind of a challenge because it's right. the penguin ride that usually gets. Yes, <laughs> the small. Well, and I'll tell you, even though I love snorkeling. The boat ride to the snorkeling spot is sometimes rough for me. Exactly. And the boat ride back, of course, after the snorkeling. So yeah, yeah, I have to be quite careful about what's in my stomach um, for those kinds of rides. (laughs) Well, take the scopolamine patch for a test drive. Sam left a little something behind for the Blue Grotto when we were in Italy years ago. So yes. Uh. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I left, I left my lunch in the Blue Grotto. <laughs> it was probably pizza, to be fair. <laughs> so Jen, we got to get you back to recovery. We failed to mention at the very top of the show that Jen is actually coming to us from Walt Disney World <laughs> Marathon Weekend, where she has just completed a full marathon. A full marathon. Very slow. Yeah. Full. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how slow uh, yeah. it doesn't matter how slow Jen you finished yes. <laughs> in terms of ranking post-marathon experiences I think it would probably be at the very bottom root canal then deposition by a lawyer <laughs> and then potentially being on the DCL dual podcast so we want to get her back to her recovery uh, for the weekend so Jen just want to say thank you so much as always for coming on you have such unique vacations and fun experiences and that's why we love to have you on uh, because you go to some very far-flung places so just really appreciate you taking the time oh anytime definitely enjoy it and and love hearing uh, other people's experiences on your show so 
Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We really, truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.